Welcome to Miracles in Recovery with Ray Lynch. If you are one of the millions of people facing addiction issues or the loved one of someone who is, we're here to help and to discuss solutions. Hope is in your corner. Now, here's your host, Ray Lynch. Good evening and welcome to the Miracles in Recovery radio show. My name is Ray and I'm the host of the show. And our lovely co-host, Ellen, is not in the studio today, but we do have her on the line. Hi, Ellen. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. And where are you at tonight? I am at home tonight. Oh, uh, I thought you were going to tell me you were like in Bora Bora or <laughs> some exotic, lovely place well, where... I wish, but no. I guess That's maybe only in your mind, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So um, would be good. Yeah. I mean, I guess we can. I guess we can start off right with um, whatever topic you would like to think of today and to share about. I mean, I know we always talk about addiction and recovery, but I'm wondering if there isn't any other aspect. Like maybe, maybe you know, what we do. What we do is we usually talk about the addict and and add the family in. Why don't we try to um, do like a family segment and how we can uh, give information to people out there who are listening, who have loved ones, um, who are in need that ultimately need repair themselves. You know, I mean, like they, they always say, you know, it's a family disease. It's a community disease. I mean, we, we had a, we had a, uh, a saying going there for for a while about how it affects our community, our families, and in uh, the relationships within them. And we don't always concentrate on while an addict is sick, the family's illness piece of it. So maybe we might want to do a little bit about that. Well, I think it starts out kind of sneakily, and it is a sneaky disease. And for me, because, you know, it wasn't a parent or a spouse, it was actually a child, you know, I initially put everything down to, oh, that's just the teenage years. So that, you know, the whole thing kind of snuck up on me in a way, um, you know, after four or five years of going through all kinds of craziness. Now, let me, let me ask I, you a question then. Let me ask you a question. When, when you said it kind of snuck up on you, did you have an idea and just didn't want to address it, or did it just like blindside you like, oh? It truly blindsided me. I was clueless. I was completely ignorant of the, you know, just the insidiousness of it, of the, the signs and symptoms. I didn't believe it could happen to someone like me. Mm-hmm. Um, now, did you think no, it couldn't I'm, happen to someone like you, or you didn't think it could happen to someone like your family member or your family? Like, I, I know that I know that we are we are all somehow when this disease hits us, we are all pretty self centered. In this could never happen to me, um, and it's an all inclusive disease. So, like, where were you? Were you? It couldn't happen to me, or I never thought that this would come to my door, or I never expected anything like this to afflict my family. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the best way to put it. It doesn't happen to people like us. You know, we're kind of the all-American sure family doing Girl Scouts and cheerleading and mm-hmm. hockey and things like that. And it's not supposed to hit people like us. It's, no, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's not supposed, supposed to, to but, you know, those are the... You know, it, it's not supposed to hit families like yours, but the thing is, is that the families like yours are the ones that give the loudest roar when they champion the addict who is getting better. And what I'm saying is, is like, you know, you, you see the, you see the, the stereotypical addict 10 years ago on TV and he was homeless, helpless, loveless, and there was no family backing. He didn't, you know, I mean, he was shunned by the community and he was just a vagrant on a, on a bus. Right. And um, today that is not the image whatsoever. It is that all American kid. It is that all American girl. It is the, the hockey player and the, and the field hockey player. And, and, you know, I think that when families like, 
ours because we come from the same – I mean, granted, I'm from the Boston area and you're from, from North Carolina. But we still had the same kind of family makeup, you know, the same family yeah. parameters. And, and I think that when we as families start addressing, I think that's when the louder roar comes in about there needs to be something done about recovery. Well, I agree, and I think there's a loud roar going up now because there are a lot of people that were blindsided like me thinking this cannot happen mm-hmm. you know, to a family like mine. I did everything the way I thought it was supposed to be done, and it still didn't work. But guess what? No one is immune. Right. You know, like, and, like and it's even... not a disease just of, of you know the homeless. It's, it can hit anybody. Yes, it can and, and it makes you It homeless. can happen to anybody. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, the sad thing is, is like, you know, when you ultimately said maybe I should venture in to check out Al-Anon or Naranon or one of the Anon type helping yourself groups, um, you know, in my community, my whole community was there because it was affecting every single family on my street in one way or another. Um, people slowly came around to, oh, this is where Shirley goes on Thursday evenings when I see her pulling out of the driveway, and here I am with her, you know. Um, well, one so, of the things that has surprised me is how few people are in Al-Anon and Naranon. You know, they say for every addict, at least five other people are affected. And if that's oh, absolutely, our rooms should be full of people, a lot more so than... You know, the rooms of AA or NA or, you know, any of the ones that are helping the addict. And that's not what is happening. No, but do you think that's from um, non-acceptance? I mean, we know yeah. we, we can reference a, an individual who um, had zero acceptance and zero tolerance for what was going on in their family and and chose to buck buck the system versus embrace it and get better and and I still think even after all these years the individual still is in a struggle with it because they weren't willing to embrace it well and it's not and you know they say it's a simple program but it's not easy no and and that's true because you have to look really hard at yourself and what you're doing and what you might be doing wrong and you know the fact that, it, well, yes, it is a disease, because I didn't think it was. I thought it was bad yeah. behavior. I mean, I, t- I, I, I don't really like the word wrong. Um, you know, I think we, we need to change some of our behaviors, but I don't think we were doing anything wrong in order to have this come dropped on our doorstep. I think, I think that, you know, it takes no prisoners, and, and it wants every single person that can it can get his mitts on. So we as a family unit, we're not doing, or, or my family as a family unit, we're not doing anything wrong. It just happened to come knocking on our door and we all willfully embraced it in our own individual way, I think, at that time. and that, Yeah, I think that's true. And because like you said, the, the entire family is sick. Mm-hmm. And in order to get better, really, the entire family needs help. And there are a lot of people who will say, I'm not the one with the problem. Right. Them. And that's not entirely true. And until you're willing to look at, you know, with take a hard look at yourself, because, you know, that's one of the things that the programs for the families do. Take the focus off of them and what they're doing and all the craziness that goes with it, because there's a lot of craziness. Mm-hmm. And start looking at your own craziness, and you might find that you're even crazier. Right, and and pe- the people around you are getting well or getting better, and you're the one that's still sick and suffering. You know, I, we we do see a lot of uh, people like that who do not want to take any responsibility whatsoever for their family dysfunction. And granted, you know. I was a main player in my family's dysfunction. I mean, I I think I facilitated a whole bunch of it. And I think what happened is is dysfunction sprung from, in in other family members, from mine. Um, Well, and you you tend to do a lot of rescuing type behaviors because, you know, you see all the trouble and, you know, arrests 
and things like that. Mm-hmm. You don't want this to happen to your loved one. So you'll do things that maybe you shouldn't do. And it's all in, you know, good faith. But looking back and having, having a common, I don't want to say common sense, because somebody who, who uh, I can't use that word, but having a fresh look at how I acted and how people responded to my actions, um, I can have clear thought today to have a conversation with that individual and say, see how crazy you were too? Yeah. You know, unfortunately enough, people in my family get it because of because we all went through that big of a struggle on both the active addict side and the, you know, the individual who was addicted to addicts in my family, you know. So I, I, I think that, you know, ultimately, could I have gotten better if my family didn't? Absolutely. Because I had no other choice. Um, I think some that some people still choose, like people that are out there that are active, some family members choose to stay in crazy mode. You know, it, it, yeah. we gave them a license to kook, and now they're now they're happily embracing it. Well, that and you know, like I said, the the, the rescuing, the making excuses, the you know, calling them in sick, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's that's part of the craziness that we embrace, and sometimes it's hard to give that up because it's a way of trying to control things too. Right, but when an One addict when an addict that, when an addict gets better, or, or when an when an active addict puts down the substance and and decides that uh, you know there's a better way to live, if an individual within that family says, um, you know, I had nothing to do with this, and this wasn't my responsibility. Wouldn't you figure that that individual would embrace it? And there's people who don't. You know, there are people no, who still. still yeah. So, so, it, they're lying to themselves. That would be me saying, "I'm not as bad as them because I don't do this, or I'm worse than them because I do that." That's a family member saying, "I'm not as bad," or "I'm." That's not me. That is that is causing this chaos. Well, if the chaos goes away. Why are you still crazy? Exactly. Exactly. You know, and so you know, it's it's again, it's taking a hard look at yourself. And one of the first things that I heard was the three C's: I didn't cause it, I can't control it, I can't think of the third one off the top of my head at the moment. But you know, it's basically it's not your fault. (laughs) Yeah. But Um, I, I can I can contribute to it, which I did. But there, there are a lot of people now who are saying, I'm glad that I did, because if I hadn't, I think my loved one probably would have died. Oh, no, this is true. This is very true. I believe that if my family didn't act the way that they acted, I probably wouldn't be here today because I, I have lost so many friends who I was active with. I mean, I knew I, had, I knew I had a date stamp on my back. I just couldn't see it, you know. And fortunately enough, my family stepped in and did what they needed to do for themselves, and it kind of redirected my thought process osmosisly. And, and um, fortunately enough, today I'm here to say that, you know, I have over 29 years clean. And that's a miracle in, in and of itself. A day is a, 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 day is a miracle. Yeah. yeah. And they you know, and when I say it's a minute at a time. Yeah, and when I say that I have 29 years clean... I still have to say, I still have to embrace, but today's a good day to get high because I'm an addict and that's what we do. So I need my family just as strong as I am. I know if I'm, my my weakest point, I can go to anyone in my family who I know will tell me even today what I want to hear, but I know better not to do that. And that's good for you. And there are a lot of people who don't. Yeah. And that's the unfortunate thing. And, you know, the families get caught in the crossfire. And that's kind of what happened to me. Now, I was I was trying to save somebody who ultimately had to save herself and did, mm-hmm. at least for today. But, you know, we also know that there's no guarantees and that relapse is possible and, you know, really probable in a lot of cases. 
Sometimes yeah, it's it not a it's not a prerequisite. It's not required, but uh, you know, it definitely was part of my story. You know, and and the thing about it is, is that um, you know, giving the individual the benefit of the doubt to be able to live their life the way that I don't want to say the way that they choose, um, because my choice was to take myself out slowly, um, but but it but to have the sense enough to stay out of their way, I guess. Yeah, and and it's very hard to do because you see them suffering and you want to stop it and you you want to help and sometimes right. you can't and the best thing to do is back away and let them feel it a hundred percent. No, exactly. Say that's what happened to them and that's why they got better. No, exactly. And if you want to share any of your experience with what it is that Ellen and I had talked about this segment, please, by all means, give us a call, 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Be part of the solution. We'll be back in a moment. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Healthcare has been a major part of news stories today with one thing that has been consistent inconsistency. Both healthcare providers and patients have to work around and get used to a constantly changing set of rules and issues. Nurses have historically been left out of this decision making. Listen to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. Health professionals, we invite you to share your ideas and experiences while listening to experts in various areas of nursing. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Ready to transform your health and your world? Join host Melissa Alexander for Insight Living with Vitality. Melissa and her guests go behind the scenes on what it takes for practitioners and clients to transform themselves and others. She provides insight to medical procedural breakthroughs, available product resources, and explains lifestyle choices designed to improve and expand your vitality. It's time to get rid of that baggage, remove those blockages, and prevent buildup from hindering your progress in life. Tune in every month. Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, welcome back. We were talking about uh, the family dysfunction around active addiction. And when we were on break, uh sounded like I lost Alan. Are you still on with us? That's what I thought. I'm, I'm in the driver's seat by myself. So I guess what a lot of things that I gathered from, see, because I, I, I was an active, I was the addict. I wasn't the um, loved one chasing me. And, you know, I think I used a lot of that behavior um, like, like I say that I'm a, an emotional terrorist, you know, because I knew what I could get when I needed it from who I needed it in the family. And I've had a little bit of experience being on the other side of the fence, trying to get someone that I love into recovery. And 
man, it was just so tough. I was I was crazier than when I was using running around, and it was only because I I didn't have substances in me, and but I really didn't have clear thought. So like the disease aspect, I I felt full circle. Um, no, I can't hear you, Alan. Um, full circle, the whole disease aspect. And, you know, as, as sick as it sounds, I kind of like the, um, the using one because at least I had chemicals in my system to justify my madness, you know, and, and I really don't even like fooling around saying that because it's a serious thing and I don't want to, I don't want to co-sign anyone's crap out there saying that, look, even this guy on the radio saying it's okay to use. No, it's not okay to use. And no, it's not okay to put your family through what you put them through. Um, but there are instances within the family unit that I don't want to say justify the chaos, but there were things that I had to do within my family unit being clean that I never, ever would have subjected myself to using. In other words, like when I was trying to help the individual who didn't want help, um, I, it, it consumed my mind all day long. I never would have given, I never would have given another person a second thought while I was actively using, you know, I was sharing a little bit about how, how having substances in my system and how not having substances in my system and trying to get somebody into a safe place, how it affected me. You know I mean? I felt both sides of the gamut. Um, and you know, one of the things that bothered me very, very much was while I was clean trying to get someone into a safe space, I couldn't share how I did it. Because it doesn't matter to them at that point. Not at all. That was one of the things, that was one of the hardest things to get. You know, if you loved me, you would stop. Yeah. You say you love me, why can't you stop? Why won't you stop? But that's not how it works, unfortunately. But, you know, I think think the thing is, is that with, with my understanding... Um, I knew that it wasn't you say you love me, so why won't you stop? I knew that they were driven by something greater than themselves and my willingness to help. I just didn't know how to take that on. I didn't yeah. know how to take that on because that's what it is. It's a fight. It's not. It's not an embrace. It's not like oh, let me just love you until you. Um, well, I, I guess it is, but it's not just like let's. Uh, you know, it's not uh, milk and cookies until you decide to put it down. It's. It's absolutely not. It's a fight. And if you yeah, want to keep this individual that you love alive, then you have to think of things to outsmart their disease. And that's very, very difficult to do. Yeah, it's been around forever. And it's, yeah. yeah, it's been around forever. And it and it attacks every individual. Like you say, we all turn into the same individual. And, and there was no telling me until something, you know, made sense in that fog, a, a years of fog, something made sense. And I started walking towards a different path than what I was on. And, and I, I can't explain it because if I could, I'd, I'd market it and be a multimillionaire and that's just not how it works. I mean, for sure. Yeah. It takes what it takes and and nobody knows what it takes for each individual. And some sadly don't get to that point ever. Right. And I think, I think that's why, you know, when say, say if I got clean and my family still stayed angry you know, there's no prerequisite that your family has to embrace what it is that you're doing. I know that if I walk back into some places 29 years later and maybe maybe even 35 years later because I got barred out of there years before I, I could even uh, think of get, getting clean, somebody would say to me, I knew you'd be back. So that miserable person is still sitting there facilitating hate, guilt, whatever, um, looking for a target, looking for and prey. That's, that's on them, not on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And that's why, yeah, so, I, you know, so I, get help. Go ahead. Get help. There's a lot of free help out there. All you have to do is go reach out and the hand will be there. You know, right. And it doesn't matter. Along too. It doesn't matter if you're a family member who has never used and don't understand addiction and don't know why your son, daughter, loved one, husband is running around like a kook. Take care of you. And that doesn't mean sit home and, you know, watch Fox News or CNN or whatever it is that you and fill, fill your head up with a bunch of other chaos. Take care of you. Reach out to individuals who feel the same as you. It's not it's not like when I went into a when I went into my first meeting, um, I was an addict walking into an alcoholic environment. And I used that as a sword. I immediately said I was an addict because I knew that they would tell me I didn't belong there. Justifiably, I could leave. I don't belong here. Um, But embrace the people that are around you. I mean, your neighborhood is, is recovering one way or another. There are, you, you'll, you'll, you'll see it. You can look up and down the street and you can see the people who are in total despair and you can see the people who are in total serenity. And the people that are in total serenity that have addiction in their family are taking care of themselves personally. And that's what it is that you need to do. I mean, yes, let your individual go take care of themselves however they have to do it. If they have to go out there and take their last breath using, that's not on you. That's absolutely not on you. Like my mother had to say goodbye to me. She had to let me go. Granted, it it probably would have broke her heart if I, if I, you know, if I had overdosed or, uh, you know, really out there. I mean, I overdosed a couple of times, but I never had to take my last breath. Um, You know, so take care of you. And that's the only way that your individual that you love will be able to see that, you know, they'll see a little glimmer of hope in the people that they count on to be able to uh, for lack of a better word, use right now to 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 stay to stay in this game that we play that we play. Well, I think there's a lot of shame involved too, and that probably keeps a lot of people away. But for me, it was, you know, like finding a bunch of people who understood what I was going through, and that was such a wonderful, freeing feeling. I'm not alone. This does happen to people like me. You know, there are other people who are suffering just like I am, and they understand, and they don't think there's something wrong with me. No, no, and and I don't think that um, when you were sitting in AA and NA meetings, you were getting the necessary support. You were were hearing what, what, you know, say me as an addict was hearing, but I don't necessarily know if you were able to ingest it how well it helps to know that that you do recover and i found a lot of hope in those meetings but i also needed my own meetings because one of the things they say is put the focus on you Mm -hmm. take the focus off the sick person and put it on you and we work the same program that you do (laughs) and quit putting the dollar in the basket for them (laughs) (laughs) exactly you might need it for the bail bonds when you never know yeah one of the things that that addicts tend to do to their families is you know who who are you going to steal from first the people who probably aren't going to turn you in from next yeah yeah and that you know when that yeah. stops working, then you know, then maybe you go somewhere else. But family was always know, that the was safest one target. of the things that yeah. was such a shock. Was you know, oh, you took my wedding rings, mm. really? Yeah, I mean, for for me. anything like that, I, family is always the easiest target oh, because yeah, because yeah. you know that they're probably not going to, at least at first, call the cops and rat you out. Yeah, which which yeah, they, really they probably take your should. Car, they'll but, take I mean, your TV. I'm, you know, I know yeah. people who went on vacation and came back and their house was empty. Yeah, and it was their kid that did it, or or their yeah. cousin, or you know, kid and cousin. Yeah, kid and cousin yeah. together. You know, yeah. it tends to run in families. Oh yeah, and it you runs just maybe deep. Maybe don't you see know? it until until it hits you in the face, and it's like, oh yeah, Uncle So and So, maybe he did have a problem after all. Yeah, you know, and the funny thing is, is like, I, you know, if if you looked at if you look at your 
your family and you put your family in your mind. And, and my, my first immediate um, thought of my family was is that um, there were less people using and more people crazy because the less people that used created so much chaos within that within that whole family structure, that, that whole family environment. And I'm talking cousins and uncles and aunts and the, the few people that used like really tore a hole through that family. And, yeah. you know, the, the, the bad thing is, is like I, I, I still have probably cousins that may even look at me like I'm a little wacky. Even though I'm not that individual anymore whatsoever, but I don't have contact with them. So when I do, I, in the back of my mind, I always say, you know, um, have they fully accepted what it is that I've changed my life and, and who I've changed to be? Not that it makes a difference in my life whatsoever, because if my family didn't accept me, I would still have to be who I am. I would still have to strive to be who I am. But there's always that question in my mind and I don't necessarily know if that's just, um, um, the, you know, like at any given point I feel greater than, and the next two minutes I feel less than. So maybe that's one of those deals, you know, where I, I feel a little apprehensive around like my family in big, in like the big community environment when we're like a family reunion or a wake or a, a wedding or something like that. Because I still carry, I'm not going to go say, hey, remember when we were 10 and I threw that rock at you? No, I'm not going to do that. I've, I, I've, I've already embraced who I am. I've already made my amends for, for you know, the, the things that I did. But I don't necessarily know if my family, I, I'm sure they fully accept what it is that I'm doing because they, because they you know, they champion me all the time. But. I don't necessarily know if there's still any animosity there from it. Well, there may be. There's a trust issue. You know, trust is hard to win back, especially when you don't see people and you remember what they did. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it takes, you know, all of these things take time. And, I, you know, it's unfortunate because I know that's part of the healing process is being forgiven for right. all the, the stuff that you did when you were using. And, and trust is huge. You know, I don't know that I'll ever be able to trust 100%, but that's okay. You know, I have today. Yeah, and I think, I think yeah, right, exactly. And I, I think the people who um, I choose to have in my life on a daily basis or, you know, repeatedly, uh, I think they, they know who I am and they can trust me for... You know, they, they can trust that my word is, is what it is. Right. And the, the amends are huge. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I waited a long time for amends. Yeah, but they're not and for that's you. That's one of the first things that people say. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. But one of the first things I hear people say is, well, when am I going to get those amends? And, and you know, you, you just, you say, you'll get them when and if they come, but that's not what they're about. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's exactly. It's about lifting yeah. that veil of shame. That, that you guys have to carry once you do decide to get clean. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're standing there, here I am, and everybody's going, uh, yeah, and you're not coming in my house because the last time you did, you, you know, you, you took Grandma's bracelet. Right. There was, a, we had a speaker in my Naranon group last week, a young girl, and she was talking about her, her grandparents and one of her grandmothers will still not allow her in her house. <laughs> and I mean, she's working I, on it, but you know, and yeah. she understands and, and accepts. But it, I'm sure it's hard. It hurts. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it. Um, but I get it. I get it. You know, I mean, yeah. we 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 do some we do some crappy stuff, and you know, there may not be. Um, you know, the acceptance of the amends. I mean, I'm sorry, Grandma. Well, I'm nice, but uh, stay off my sidewalk. You yeah, know, and that's, and that's, but that's okay. I mean, that's, well, it's not okay, but that's something that gives you the ability to keep working for, keep striving for. I mean, you're going to throw it all away because you can't go to your grandmother's house? Hopefully not. 
No, and and you know, acceptance of grandma's feelings is a big part of it. Yes, and, you know, I mm-hmm. think this particular young lady had, and you know, they have a relationship, and she's hoping that eventually it'll get to the point where she can go to her house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think if she keeps on the path that she's on, that will happen. Yeah, I mean, and, and if it and if it doesn't, that's okay too, because I mean, her right. life, you know, looking. I mean, I don't even know who it is we're speaking about, but if if she's at a point where, um, that is not a deterrent, or from, I mean, if that is a uh, not an excuse, then she's okay yeah. with what it is. So you know, and and with that. Um, we've come up on uh, another break, so dial 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. We'll be back in a moment. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Are you tired of the healthcare system only treating your symptoms and never addressing the root cause? Discover how integrative medicine can resolve health issues through dietary and lifestyle changes and the use of natural supplements. Increase your energy, memory, mood, immune system, sexuality, and more. Join Dr. Sunil Pai and Maureen Sutton to help you take back your health with natural, evidence-based solutions. Tune in every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness Channel. Have you figured out what to attract in your life in order to make it successful? There are those who can and those who can learn. Your intensified energy gives you willpower to move the bar forward and be happy. Happy people spread their energy throughout their lives, and once they figure it out, go on to be successful at nearly everything they set their mind to. Join host Ellen Morano and her panel of guest experts and co-hosts on Generate Massive Energy for a Fulfilling Life, Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Health & Wellness. When a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer, it's probably the most frightening thing that's ever happened to her. Friends and family often don't know what to do for support, not to mention the patient herself. That's where Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio comes in. Join Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin, breast cancer survivors and advocates. They help by providing inspiration, information, and most of all, hope. Tune in Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. We got the power to change the world. Is your health where you think it should be? If you're like most people, the answer is probably not. Where can you get the answers you need to get on the right track? The answers start on Occupy Health. Each week, host Dr. Susan Downs and her guest experts will answer your questions as well as prepare you for questions you'll want to ask your health provider. You'll want to plan for your optimal health with Occupy Health. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. listening to miracles in recovery to reach the program today please call in to 1-866-472-5792 that's 1-866-472-5792 you may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org now back to this week's show or if you want to get real crafty you can send one to ellen at ellen at miraclesinrecovery.org <laughs> You know, I'm, I was well, uh, on the break. I was flipping through Facebook, of course, and um, I came across this thing that somebody just posted, and it kind of goes along with um, active addiction and recovery. I mean, you can, you know, you can always, like they say, if you go to an AA meeting, you can insert the word addict. If you go to an NA meeting, you can insert insert the word alcohol, and it all comes out in the wash. Grief is like the ocean. It comes in waves, ebbing and flowing. Sometimes the water is calm and sometimes it is overwhelming. All we can do is learn to swim. Vicki Harrison. So now, that is you know, so true. right. And, and the, reason, the reason why the individual posted that is because um, something tragic, ha- tragic happened in their family 
um, and they, they lost an individual in their family. So I get that. But to relate it to what it is that we're talking about, addiction is the same way. You know, uh, sometimes it's calm. And then sometimes it just immediately overwhelms and engulfs everyone and everything in its way. Um, you know, I don't think it ever really gets calm after that again, though, unless you get, unless you, you know, um, get clean and start practicing uh, some, some form of recovery in your life. Because, well, you know, one you know, of the one of the most emotional meetings I ever went to was one that I actually chaired, and I chaired it on grief. Mm-hmm. Because you can be grieving for someone when they're still living. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's half of the, I think that's, that might even be like when we were talking in the last segment about the grandmother. She she's she's still grieving that she lost that beautiful little girl that was that used to run in her house and eat candy and cookies and so she's still grieving that and she doesn't want to allow this individual. You know what I mean? And and that's what that's one yeah, of the things very, it could be too. It's very very difficult because yeah, you know you you know the person as they were and then you know mm-hmm. them as an addict and the difference is unbelievable. Yeah. And you know, then you get clean and the difference is unbelievable again. Mm. And you know, you, you, you can talk the talk, but you got to keep walking the walk and you know, that's how you get people back. That's how you get people to understand. And I, I think for the family, we've got to walk the walk too. And if we don't, then we're going to stay stuck and mired in that grief, you know, whether the right. end gets better or not, because, you know, you have the before and, you know, then you have the addiction. And if you don't embrace and accept the after, you're never going to feel better. But it is okay to be part of a family unit where there are individuals who are in various stages of what it is that we speak about. And I'm not talking about active addiction. I'm talking about the recovery aspect of it. You know, like, um, I know that there is still chaos, not with alcohol or, um, you know, not with addiction in my family, but there's still chaos because if we if we practiced all these principles in all our affairs, well, the world would be we, we would see the world through rose colored glasses, and that's and that's not reality. Uh, we we are human, and we do make mistakes. And and um, fortunately enough, I have a perfect set of uh, principles to be able to regain my composure. And not everyone in my family embraces those 24 spiritual principles. So chaos can stem from other things going on as well. That is true. And, you know, then then the fear comes in. Oh, is it mm-hmm. going to happen again because this happened or that happened? And you have to work your way through that. Right. But I'm even because, talking about, I'm just talking about even anything, you know, like, um, I, I can't think of an instance, but I mean, just just not being able to get along with individuals and, and, and you know, um, you know, when things happen, there's always a solution and not everyone has the ability to embrace the solution. They still kind of shuttle towards the problem. Right. Instead and of looking at it, they always tell us, you know, change your attitude and everything will be different. And that is so true. Yeah, but if you change your attitude for the worse, then it's different, yes. But it's not as good as if you change it for the positive. And that's well, where... Well, yeah, I mean, the attitude of gratitude is important. You know, looking at yeah. things that you have to be grateful for because you may feel like you don't have anything As stupid to be as that for. sounds. Yeah, as stupid as that sounds. Well, no, I mean, when I walked in, I was grateful for absolutely nothing. My life was chaos, unmanageable. Mm -hmm. You know, my child was out of control. My life was out of control. So what what did I have to be grateful for? I didn't sit down and think, well, I have a roof over my head. I have a job. I have a car. You know, I'm paying my bills. All of those things. I still had things to be grateful for, but I couldn't see them. No, I I get it. I get it. But I'm just talking about, like, those bumper sticker slogans, attitude of gratitude, uh... Keep it simple, stupid, and all of that stuff that used to drive me bananas when I 
<laughs> and fortunately, I, I don't want to say fortunately enough, but I don't see that on on uh, vehicles anymore. You know, people don't put bumper stickers on their cars as much. But 29 years ago, everybody had like a keep it simple, stupid, or one day at a time, or, you know, live and let, li- live, and let live, or let go and let God, or all of those crazy things. And it used to drive me bananas. And it was only because I wasn't willing to accept the fact that I was an addict and I probably had to do something to change or I would die. And, and how, how could I justify dying because I didn't like – because the slogan kept me out of the place where I was getting my, my energy to get well. And there are a lot of slogans, and I, I thought they were stupid at first. I didn't want to hear that. You know, I, I wanted to hear – I thought you know, when I walked in, they were going to tell me how to make her better. And they didn't. They told me how to make me better. Yeah. And that's important. But they suggested how to make you better, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, actually, they tell you. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, the, 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 the thing about it is, is that, you know, I mean, everything is uh, suggestive. I mean, it's still, op- it's still totally up to you whether you want to change or not. Oh, yeah. They and, say take what you like and leave the rest. Oh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's a, you know, that that's. What you have to do, because you may not be ready for everything yet. Mm-hmm. It takes a while for the message to sink in. And, that's, yeah, and, you know, and that's another thing. I think a lot of people go one or two times and they nah, this is not for me. Whereas mm-hmm. if, you, if you go to at least six meetings and try different ones, you might find what you're looking for. Right. And even on the other, on the other side, you know, like they say, uh, I, I, I think I used to um, hear it wrong. They used to say something about 90 meetings in 90 days. So yeah. I would go to three meetings a day for 30 days and then go run right back out the door and go, hey, this doesn't work. And they sat me down and they said, Ray, we're not saying go to 90 meetings in 90 days. We are saying go to a meeting a day for 90 days. And, and then you might just might hear what you need to hear. Right. Or the accumulation then, of hearing yeah. it over and over again because, you know, all meetings are different, but the message stays the same. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, is that down the road, when I would suggest that to people, I would add in there. And if you don't like what we have to offer, we will gladly refund you your refund misery. Refund your misery. Right. Yeah, because, <laughs> like, that's what it is. I mean, it's a total choice whether you want to sit in that seat or not. It's a total choice whether you want to hear what it is that is putting up, being put out there. That the message of recovery, and I don't want to talk, I, I hate getting into the meeting aspect of it, but the message of recovery is strong. Um, the messenger may be questionable, but the message has never changed. Even right. from when... when um, Bill W. and Dr. Bob started speaking it, and that was in the 30s. It hasn't changed. I mean, it's, it's gotten a little hipper, and it's gotten a little punkier and stuff like that, but the message is still the same, and millions of people have embraced that. So if you don't like what we have to offer while you're sitting in that meeting, either go to another one or, you know, don't I mean I and I don't want to say don't go to meetings. I'm just saying if you don't like if you don't like what you're hearing, then maybe you need to readjust your thought process. And one good way to do that is to embrace one meeting a day for 90 days. That will give you at least the opportunity to open your ears for three months worth of positivity. And I think for a lot of people, it does the job. And then other people, you know, they they go out and then they come back. But I, I do see a lot of people coming back because they finally end up realizing that there's a community here. Yeah. There's a, commu- a recovery community. And there's a recovery community for the families, too. Oh, absolutely. And it's a beautiful thing when everybody's recovering together because they speak the same language. They understand the principles of the program and... You know, like they say, it works if you work it. You know, it's it's funny for the for the first I don't want to say first few years, um, 
my family members or even people, you know, my, my outer family members, if I was somewhere and there was, oh, oh, well, you know, you don't mind if I have a beer or you don't mind if I, you know, I only have one, you know, and people usually don't do that with me anymore today because they know I'm comfortable with who I am. So I don't want to say I can put myself in any environment. I wouldn't go sit in a shooting gallery. Absolutely not. But I can go to a wedding where there's people acting out. I can also take myself out of there if I choose to, you know. So there, there, t- today life is a choice. And one of the things that my family did to me was they just reassured me when I ultimately hit my saturation point enough was enough that they backed my play and they were yeah. going to be behind me, you know, and, and I think that's all we can ask families to do. We only have about two minutes left. So I think that's all we really can ask families to do is if you're having trouble supporting your active addict, um, just be there when they say they want to, or if it's for a day or two, show them that you support them because next time it may not be as long and they may be back and just show them you support them. And that's what my family did. Every time I said help, they jumped. Um, and slowly but surely, I have 29 years. And you can say I'm done, but if you're not, you're not. And, you know, that goes for the families too. Don't be done. You know, yeah, don't don't give you up. And you 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 know, you know when they when they mean it. Yeah, I, I think you can feel it in a person. Right, and and that's what everybody's waiting for. But whether you get it or not, get help for yourself. Put the focus on you, and worry about how you're going to get better, whether they do or not. And no, that's, absolutely. That's Mm-hmm. And I, we're kind of out of time, and I think we had a I think we had a, a pretty good show because we weren't talking about the same usual parameters that we do. Um, and I like to talk about like the different things, and I like to, you know, because it puts me in a different frame of mind. It puts me in a little different thought process uh, while we're sharing and telling the world who we are and what it is that our understanding of what this thing is that we do. And, uh, you know, I'd just like to thank the audience for listening. Um, I would like if you called a little more, but I'd like <laughs> to thank the audience for listening. And um, today's been a, another excellent show. And uh, with that, um, I would probably just like to say good night, Ellen. Good night. With Miracles in Recovery, hope is in hope, your corner. Hope is in your corner. Good night, everyone. Good night. Thank you for joining us this week for Miracles in Recovery. Be sure to listen again for another edition with your host, Ray Lynch, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a great week. Hope is in your corner.